This is Kathy Taramina. I'm the Academic Dean at the Seattle Institute of East Asian Medicine. And I'm sitting here speaking to Stephen Brown, who is one of our faculty members. And Stephen's been in practice for more than 35 years and teaching here at SEAM for the past 21 years. He's our resident expert in Japanese acupuncture and body work. So Stephen and I are here chatting about the study of East Asian medicine, and I'm excited for him to share with us some thoughts that he has, um, mostly for the students who mostly for students who are um, new to the study of East Asian medicine, things you think they should know, thoughts you have about people embarking on this study. So, yes, um, that's a really important uh, topic to think about, particularly when you're just starting out this uh, journey into East Asian medicine. Um, I would think that the most important thing is that you distinguish yourself from traditional uh, Traditional medicine versus modern medicine. Mm -hmm. Modern medicine is based on technology. It's very advanced and it's always changing. Traditional medicine is changing, but it's based on the past and what's been practiced in the past. And um, it's fundamentally different. But the culture of, of medicine and health is driven, of course, by modern medicine. And our perception of the bodies and our values are shaped by that. But our project in East Asian medicine is to take us back to a time before technology when we had to use our senses, our, our five senses. And um, Japanese styles of acupuncture and bodywork are known for being very touch-based, very uh, what I call high touch, and um, not as um, cerebral, mm -hmm, you right. might say. And uh, of course, in, in medicine, uh, East Asian medicine uh, too, you do need your mind. It's not a mindless act, but it's much heavier on the touch and the smelling and the feeling aspect of medicine. And I think really since that's our, our strongest suit or it's something we do that's not done in modern medicine, they don't hardly palpate patients anymore. Anymore, right. Right. It's all looking at staring at computers. So how can we mm. highlight and enhance uh, what we do by being more traditional and be more traditional means you know having your hands on the patient um, and in that sense the art of what we call palpation and there's various you know we can take your pulse we can uh, examine your back or your abdomen or we can check it on your legs or your arms we call it channel palpation these things are very important but it's surprising how it's underrepresented in modern uh, Chinese medicine um, it's it's inconvenient. It's hard to teach touch or feeling because this takes uh, a lot of time. It's hard to evaluate the patient's, uh, the student's progress. So it's um, it's sidestepped a lot in education, I mm -hmm. think. And um, I think most schools don't spend a considerable amount of time. They go straight to textbook knowledge and, of course, back to uh, using the intellect, which is not wrong. It's just a part. And it's not the strongest part that we have in, in opposition to modern medicine. And so, sure, uh, it's good to know the, the intellectual part, but the actual feeling and uh, palpating part, I think, is represented in traditional medicine. And I think Saum, or Saim, as we call our school now, is very uh, one of the leaders in the nation, in fact, in emphasizing this. And it's actually... Um, it's a it's difficult it's not easy to teach it's not easy to learn and um but again as has been said in anything anything really 
worthwhile and important is not easy. Right. And we do this here. An we exorbitant take the time amount of practice. To teach them not only one style, but multiple styles of touching and feeling, some more uh, gross or, or strong, and some more light and subtle. And the students have to learn this whole range of perceiving the body through touch and, of course, sight and sound and uh, other means. So I think this is really key if you're going to go into East Asian medicine to think about why East Asian medicine, what's traditional medicine, and which part of that you want to cultivate. Because otherwise, you just have a sort of a modern copy, a modern version of, of traditional medicine, which uses traditional medical terms and ideas, but doesn't really get to the roots of what the medicine is about. And that's, I really feel, is what refreshes our medicine because people are changing, society's changing, and um, I think bodies are changing. Interesting. And so I think as we touch, we'll come up with different uh, patterns, different diagnoses, and different ways to treat them. And I really think that the modern touch therapies developed in the West, such as maybe Traeger or Rolfing, would have a lot to say about what's happening in the touch therapies of traditional Asia. Mm. And I think a lot of melding is happening. I have colleagues who are working with visceral manipulation and they also do Chinese medicine. So you get to see a lot of cross, it's very exciting, lots of cross fertilization happening mm. there. Mm -hmm. And um, it's very vibrant, not in the way, it's not technological medicine, but the growth is happening and it's real. It's based on bodies and how bodies mm -hmm. can be changed through uh, simple stimulation and uh, I'm really excited about this uh, growth and Japanese medicine as they call it or Japanese styles has a certain you know it has a certain presentation in Japan but it's changed and it's changing the way I practice it the way my colleagues practice it we have other teachers in our school who, who do Japanese styles and they don't practice the way I do but everyone's trying to take the traditional and fit it into a modern context in their own way. And I think that's good. And the more we get that discussion going, the more it'll become less static and therefore dependent on definitions of modern medicine for its authority or its legitimacy. We can find our legitimacy in traditional practices in modern times. And I think that's a touch or palpation is so key. And our school is really the leaders of that movement and I want to see that continue because unfortunately we're a minority because it's not easy. It takes time consuming, it's mm -hmm. expensive. Right. But if you're studying Chinese or traditional Asian medicine, why not <laughs> go there? Or why just become sort of a, a quasi practitioner? So the roots and the branches, really I recommend studying here or even you know, as a patient, you, you're, you understand that you're getting something that's trying to go to the source rather than just skim the surface. And Is it true that in, in your practice, um, and maybe this has been always true about your practice, but now it, you wouldn't really assess a patient, patient without using palpatory techniques, correct? I mean, that's an integral part of how you, you know. Yes, yeah. because to me, you'll represent your understanding or judgments about your body, uh, but then there's your body in the current real time. And I need, if you have a painful elbow or shoulder, I want to touch it and definitely compare it to the other non-painful side to see if there's something I can feel that's different about it. 
and that from the get-go changes my relationship to the treatment mm. for instance I wouldn't do a treatment on both sides I will treat each side slightly differently even if I were to change the exact same points I wouldn't treat them the same because each side is different so to not touch would be totally dependent on your perception which is okay but it's not the full story and the full story is happening in real time in your body and if I don't have that skill I'm not that much better than my patient interesting <laughs> well when you put it that way it's amazing to me that you know how you're describing how you know we don't teach enough of this in our medicine and it is, it's a part of our assessment that is less emphasized now and I agree mm -hmm. it is really difficult to teach and assess and in the students I mean you start teaching students here in palpation techniques the very first week they come into the door. Um, so you really have a lot of experience introducing this to a new student. I do, and it's always um, a challenge because some people have a learning style uh, that's very cerebral. Other people have are okay with movement or touch. And so it's always um, the challenge of bringing up the rear, I guess. Um, some people are already massage therapists, and they're sometimes um, good at touch, but they fall into, into certain habits, which you have to, unlearning is as hard as, mm. as learning. Sometimes harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's, it's really a challenge. Um, but I think it will continue because in the end, my, my belief is that patients, human beings, need to be touched and want to be touched. I mean, not in a general sense, but as, as a professional too. Mm -hmm. And if there's no touching going on, um, then there will be a sense that uh, they haven't been heard. Because I think people, we want to be heard, but uh, in Japan they have a funny word, it's called skinship. And it's like friendship, but it's people you're intimate enough to where a casual touch or just a pat on the shoulder, you, you actually, you communicate through touch. Interesting. Through two. And they expect most of their uh, acupuncturists and body workers to have a really good touch and a good rapport, like someone would have a good voice mm. or a, mm -hmm. a, they talk, you know, when you hear them, they're very interesting and intriguing. And just like that, they really emphasize as a practitioner, you have warm, inviting hands that people want to say, okay, touch, touch me more here. So you already have a good rapport of touch. Mm -hmm. And wow. uh, it's hugely important in Japan. And I think people want it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. This has been very interesting. Is there any last things you want to say before we end? Well, uh, I guess just I would say that um, medicine is just one place where this is done. But just think about this uh, in, in the rest of your life, that the quality of touch that you have with everyone, not just your, your near and dear, but how, how you are even touching the desk you're leaning on, for instance. People are quite unaware of their own bodies, mm. and we're constantly touching everything. Yet, um, I think people develop tension in their bodies because they're either not fully in contact or they're just not noticing their physical sensations and they overload muscles or underload muscles. Mm -hmm. So touching and embodiment is a huge issue that uh, you want to look out, look at outside the context of our medicine. But thanks, this has been really a wonderful little Yeah, this snippet. is a lot of thought-provoking stuff. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all.